You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. text from John chapter 14 and we'll read from 15 to 24. Let's read together. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I leave, you will leave also. At that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, It is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Our Father and our God, we honor you. We hallow you. We thank you. You're such a good, good father. This morning, as we look into your word, open our eyes. Let us behold wondrous things. Open our hearts. Let us receive what your spirit is saying to your church. Spirit of the living God, only you can do this work. Help the teacher and help the hearer. Let there be transformation here. Let none of us remain the same. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Praise the Lord. Okay, um, on Wednesday, uh, our brother, Pastor Josh, was exhorting us that it was important we got to know God ourselves. You know, that we get to know God and not just know him hearsay, know him thought party, but to know him for ourselves. And it's something that you really cannot um, overemphasize. Anywhere you look at it, the knowledge of God is fundamental, it is essential, it is everything. And um, we trust that the Lord will help us, you know, this morning as we look into his word to see how we will know him and then to know him and to know him more. Praise the Lord. You know, there's this song that says, if you know him better, You will love him better. And if you love him better, you will serve him better. And if you serve him better, what is going to happen? You will know him better. You know, it keeps going round and round and round and round. Because that's essentially what it is. Our Lord Jesus Christ speaking to us made us understand that this is eternal life. Eternal life is to know him. The only true God. Okay? And Jesus Christ is son. So the knowledge of God, we cannot do enough of it every day we wake up the bible says day unto day declare red for speech and night unto night revealed for knowledge so every day you wake up there is something that god expects you to grow in his knowledge of amen amen okay and the bible lets us understand in hosea 4 verse 6 it says and there's one particular translation i think is nlt or so it says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge the root of every problem is lack of knowledge of God. Thank you, the NLT. Say, my people are destroyed because 
they don't know me. So our challenge is not really um, the problems or the you know, issues in our society and environment. It is a revelation of God. And we pray that the solution will come to us as well in the name of Jesus. Do you want to see the same Jose? Let's see what Jose says about the solution. Jose 6.3. Let's just flip two chapters forward in Jose. you see what it says. What does it say? Read it for me, everybody. Say, let us what? Let us do what? Let us what? The next one is what? He's going forth is, when we do that, what is going to happen? He said, he'll come to us like the rain, like the latter and the former rain. Ask your neighbor, do you want solution? Do you want solution? It is the knowledge of God. It is the pursuit of the knowledge of God. See the way he put it. He said, let us know. He said, let us pursue. The apostle Paul, after he had lived and done so many things, what did he say? He says that I may know him. He had seen heaven. He had worked miracles. He had done all manner of things. He still realized that this was what it was all about. And this was something that uh, King Solomon, the wealthiest man, you know, we believe that ever lived, you know, found out late in his life. And he said all is vanity because he built things, he acquired things, he married wives, you know, he did all kinds of things. But at the end of his life, he realized that none of those things could satisfy a man. Why? Because God in his wisdom, and not just in his wisdom, that's just the way it is. Praise the Lord. I think uh, there's this way uh, teenagers or young people say it. They say that's the way. How do they say it? make that statement? It, it is what it is. Thank you. Thank you. It is what it is. Hallelujah. You know, that's conclusion. Once they say it is what it is, there is nothing more to add. Okay. And really, that's what it is. Because, you see, we understand from Scripture that when God was going to make the trees, he spoke to the earth. When God was going to make the fish, he spoke to the waters. Okay. And when God was going to make man, what did he do? He spoke to himself. Now, if you take the tree out of the earth, what happens? It dies. If you take the fish out of water, it dies. If you take man, and man does not know God, if he appears to be living, that means he's a living dead. God forbid that that would be the portion of anyone here in the name of Jesus Christ. So, in our text this morning, we see our Lord Jesus Christ beginning to say something to his disciples. This is towards the end of his ministry. So they had seen, they had eaten the bread. A lot of miracles had gone on. And he began to say something to them in verse 15. If you come with me, say to them, If you love me, keep my commandments. Praise the Lord. If you love me, keep my commandments. That immediately introduces a dimension that I want us to look at this morning. What exactly does love mean? Today, we have witnessed the the marriage ceremony. Vows have been taken. There has been commitment to love. And many of us here who have gone this path, you know, have also made this commitment. What does it mean to love? Does it mean I feel you? Does it mean, you know, what exactly does love mean? I'm sure if we were to take, pass the mic around, we are going to get as many different definitions as there are people. We may not have the time to do all of that here. But our Lord Jesus here began to give us some boundaries and some direction to understand what love really is. Praise the Lord. See, he says, if you love me, what did he say? He said, keep my commandments. Immediately, without knowing too much book, without understanding a lot of English, I see that love is beyond the feeling. Praise the Lord. He didn't say, if you love me, feel Praise the Lord. That word there, keep, means do. It means see to it that you do. Okay? If you love me, keep. So for our young couple, what you've said today, how you feel, I know you're excited and all of that, but remember you say, do you take? That's what we told you, right? Did I ask you, do you feel? We say, do you take? It's a doing that you have begun to do. A doing that you must never finish doing until death does your path. Praise the Lord. And for every one of us here who is in a marriage, you know, that is what it's about. I read something very apt that somebody wrote. He said a lot of people think their marriages are a mistake, but they refuse to see the mistake they're making in their marriage. Did you hear that? 
So the immediate excuse is that I shouldn't have. You know, but except you said Boko Haram and Fulani Hezman kidnapped both of you and joined you together. But if you walked in like they walked in, do you see anybody here compelled to come in? It's not a mistake. Praise the Lord, somebody. It is not a mistake. But rather, he said, they should focus on finding the mistakes they are making in their marriage. Hallelujah. Okay, so our Lord Jesus Christ says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And you know, when you talk about love, we surely will not have enough time, you know, to do this enough justice. But we introduce it and trust the Holy Spirit to do the right. Because whenever you talk love from, you know, the Christian point of view, from God's point of view and other things, there are so many directions that can bring confusion and, you know, that the enemy can use to confuse people. Part of it is when you say God's love is unconditional. God loves you whatever you do, you know, in spite of that. God's love is the same. Now, all those statements are true, but they don't make the others untrue. Praise the Lord. Our Lord Jesus Christ speaking, you know, to the Pharisees, he made a statement. He said the scriptures cannot be what? Broken. It means if you put this one, it doesn't give you the right to remove the other one. So God has a way of loving us, okay? But God now is saying to you and I, if you love me, what? Keep my commandments. And as we read on, you're going to see something very interesting. Which the Holy Spirit tried to help me this morning because I said, Lord, how is this possible? Break this down to me. So God is saying to us, God is saying to me, God is saying to Belba, God is saying to Queensley, God is saying to each and every one of us here, if you love me, how many of us here have said we love the Lord? He's saying to you, keep my, keep my commandments. Okay, praise God. Let me take it away. Here. The first thing about love is that love is not like. Hello? Love and like might appear the same, but love is not like. And that's where you understand God's love for us. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, right? That he gave his only. God doesn't like. God hates the sin in the world. But love can function where things you don't like are. Should I repeat that? Love can exist where things you don't like are. Praise the Lord. You can love in a situation where there are things you do not like. How many of us have children here? We love our children. Do they always do what you like? When they do the things you don't like, do you stop loving them? You still love them because they are what? Or rather, you love them because you are their parents. Okay? So, love can exist even where you don't like what you see. But there can be love. Okay? And that's what God showed to us when he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. However, what God's love does, which I believe what our own love for our children do, is that God's love works to change us into what he likes. Praise the Lord, somebody. So, God loves us however we are. But God's love doesn't leave us however we are. God's love is working to change us into what he likes. The same thing with our children. So, your children, whatever it is, you still love them. But that love does not allow you to leave them. That's why you spank them. That's why you encourage them. That's why you warn them. That's why you reward them. So that you can change them from just being children that you love, that you don't like, into what? Children that you love and are proud of. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Praise the Lord. Now, the same way in a marriage you know, situation, is the same thing. Now, incidentally, and thank God, the Bible hasn't said, you know, train up your wife in the way she should go. Or you say, if you spare the rod, you spoil your wife. Is it in the Bible? How does the Bible say the man should change the wife? It says, as a man nourisheth and cherisheth his own body. Praise the Lord. Even though when we were children, something used to happen. I don't know if you had that experience. There was this medication we used to apply when we played outside. And for some reason, you stepped on a nail. Most of the nails were rusty. So we're told that if you do nothing, that you will be infected with tetanus, Right? Okay, so you've infected with tetanus. So those days, when we had such an incident, a nail pierced, you know what we used to do? We'll bring hammer. How many did that? You hit it with hammer, and somehow the thing used to go. So that's not the way they said we should nourish this body. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
So, what I'm trying to say is this, that love, okay, can exist where what you don't like isn't. Praise the Lord. But what love does is that love works to change what you see into what you like. That's what God is doing with us. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. That he didn't abandon us because we are not like what he wants. But he's working, he's working, working in us continually so that we will look like what he is so that he cannot like. But now he loves us because of himself. But his desire is that when he also looks at you, that's what happened. You know, when our Lord Jesus Christ came into the world, at his birth, the angels sang, praise God. At his dedication, you know, things happened. We had Simeon, we had Anna the prophetess. All manner of things happened. But at his baptism, what did the Bible say? The heavens were opened, and the voice of the Father came and said, This is my beloved Son, one, in whom I am well pleased. So the Father waited for 30 years. All the while, he loved him. But at 30, he liked him. May you come to where God will like you in the name of Jesus. Love, he loves you. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That was a statement that came when Jesus had lived and walked in obedience to the father. And he said, this is good. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay, so love is not like. Love is also a choice. That's why these two had to make the choice for themselves. And that's why the gospel is presented. And that's why we have a responsibility to present the gospel to the whole world. Anybody. Why? Because everyone must have the opportunity to say no to Jesus. But he would wish that everybody would say yes. But the Bible says, unless they're here, how can they believe? So we must present the gospel and prayerfully trust that everyone will agree. But you and I know that everybody will not agree. Praise God. We know Judas. Judas was as close to Jesus as John the Beloved. But Judas said no. We know the rich young ruler. He came as close to Jesus just as Zacchaeus came as close. But Zacchaeus continued with Jesus. But the rich young ruler turned back and went. Okay, so love is a choice. So at some point, at different points in your life, you're making choices of what to love. And I pray that from today, you continue to make the right choices in the name of Jesus. You know, we're living in a world now where a man will wake up and love something else. Hallelujah. They've gone beyond man-loving man, you know. There are some that are loving cats, loving dogs, you know, loving trees and all of that. And um, God will have mercy. Praise God. Okay? So, like is what I do because you meet my parameters. Okay? So, I like this. I like that. Someone has also put it this way. It says, when you like a flower, what do you do? You pluck it. Okay? You pluck it. And when you pluck the flower, how long will it live? How long will it exist? Okay? But it says, when you love a flower, what do you do? It says, you tend it. You nourish it. So that flower remains. It's available. But you now don't quench its life to satisfy your lust. Praise the Lord. So that is what we do when we like. When we like, we intend to just get for ourselves. But when there is love first... Then the liking is purified to become fellowship. Because you see, the nature of the fellowship between two people has to do with their tendencies. So if you are somebody who is quick, you know, to fight and all of that, if you have a friend who is always telling you to calm down, your friendship won't be so good. But if you have a friend that when you want to fight, you're removing shirt, he has removed trousers. Do you understand? That friendship will go far. It will end up in Kirikiri. I know the Bible says keep from an angry man, okay? So what does it mean? That's, we're just trying to lay background, okay? So love is a choice. Love is a decision, okay? And Jesus is now saying to us here, yeah, this is how this love with God works. Let me read on so I, I come back to what, I, what I'm saying. So why is it important even this morning as a church that we're looking at this? It's important because in the time that we live, unfortunately and incidentally, we live in a generation where instead of converting people to Christ, to Christianity, we are converting Christianity to people. Did you hear me? I say we live in a time where instead of converting people to Christ, we are converting Christianity to people. So converting Christianity to people is the message that lets you come and everything about it is you. So you actually don't love God, you love yourself. 
So you sing the song you love, you dance the dance you love, you pray prayer for what you love, you do what you love, and then God has to answer you now, now. And if God doesn't answer you now, now in this shop, you go to another supermarket and try. And then if there is a supermarket where they are giving people everything they want, anytime they want, then a lot more people will be there. Why? Not because God is there for them to worship, but because in that place, the God there worships them. Is someone hearing me? We convert Christianity to people. So we make it suitable. So if we find out that the people don't like holiness, we remove holiness. We say Christ is holy on your behalf. Just come. Praise the Lord. If the people don't like confessing their sins, we'll tell them, don't worry, that it's sinners that should confess that you don't need to confess sin. You're already in Christ Jesus. Just keep saying you're seated above. You're seated. What are you, a thief? Just say, I'm not a thief. I'm seated above. At least we live in a time where judgment can be given and the judgment is not justice. So you can say anything that you want to say. Praise the Lord. So Christianity is being converted and people are considering it and it's looking suitable. You know, I saw something I hope is not true, but one of the prayer forums that, uh, that a, a few people here know about. And somebody was making a prayer point that they should join her in prayer. So that the man that she's uh, living with will leave the wife and marry her fully. The wife is an obstruction. What do you expect? They've converted Christianity to people. So everybody's using it. It's like a wand. Everywhere you come from, you claim what you want. You call forth what you want. You ask for what you want. But the proper procedure is that everyone should be converted to Christ. Jesus teaching us says, if any man desires to follow after me, he said, let him first do what? Deny himself. That is one step that many people have never taken. And if there's anything also that you want to learn about love, you know, a young couple, is that in this marriage, Mommy Chi has been writing some series on marriage. I hope you've read it too. You know, the first thing about love is that you don't exist, you know, technically. You can't love somebody and love yourself at the same time. You know, love is a risk, you know, for anybody here who is about getting it. It's a risk because you're going to place your joy, your satisfaction, your fulfillment, your, you know, everything about you in the hands of some other person. Praise God. How many married people do we have here? You see, the way it works is this, is that once you get married, you have signed. There are so many things you've signed. I'm sure they taught you all of that in marriage counseling. What you've signed is that you have given heaven permission to withhold joy from you unless Queensley is joyful. Queensley, you have signed that Queensley must not be happy unless Belba is happy. Now, the temptation is that along the marriage journey, you want to make yourself happy. If you follow that route, you're going to be frustrated because the more you do, the more unhappy you'll be because if he's not happy, you can't be happy. By virtue of this relationship, you have transferred that privilege to him. Is someone understanding what I'm saying? Now, one of the things that the devil is, and you know, is anytime you want to find the devil, the devil is the principality of selfishness. The devil can never make you do anything that is good for others. The first thing the devil will make you do is you. That's why if we look at our nation and look at our world today, we see that our problem is, the devil is our problem, but he has accomplices. You know, we live in a society, sometimes I sit down and I think, I wish I could go back and start again. You know, so that I I may not notice a lot of things. Because we live in a world where people live and they do things to make the world better, make life better. People are, you know, researching on on, uh, sciences, you know, medicals and all of that just to make life better. And then some people just come up. The only thing they think about is themselves. The truth is this. How much money does a man actually need? Why should I even be in power? Why should I be the governor? Why should I be the president? Why should we be traveling somewhere and we have a 60-seater bus and I don't know how to drive, but because the driver's seat is special, I insist I must drive. Have you thought about that? I don't know how to drive. There are expert drivers in the bus, but I insist I must be the one to drive. Why? Because the devil says, if you're not driving, you're a passenger. So you must drive. Then you go and drive, you don't know how to drive. You take everybody and you're crashing people. Okay? So love is not selfish. If you want to learn love, you must learn not to be self. You must think. Okay, the, the other day I was just remembering so many things. It was our marriage anniversary a few weeks back. And part of the things the Lord said to me, he said, I saved you. I'm going to tell you one of them. I, I don't even think I told my wife this. I was thinking of it. The very first time, um, 
we went to America. I've been wanting to go to the U.S., okay, from a little child. You know, you watch Hawaii Five-0. How, how many of us watch Hawaii Five-0? You know, you watch uh, Bonanza. And you just want to go there. You want to go to that place where people walk, you know, <laughs> you know, where guys are. So I just wanted to go to America, okay? So from the time I thought I was able, I started applying. And I applied either two or three times. And the U.S. Embassy refused to give me a visa, even after I got married. Okay, finally, I got the visa. I've shared the testimony here. Okay, so when they are going to get me this visa, I was to travel with my office. For some reason, you know, I said, my wife, you know, I want her to come along. I spoke to my MD. He agreed. You know, I, I put in her passport. They gave us, you know, the visa. The ticket that they were going to buy for me, I think it was business class or something, was enough to also pay for my wife and I. We're going to stay in hotel room, you know, so hotel, it will also take two people. So at no cost, my wife and I went on that journey. The other day, the Lord told me that you would have been an adulterer and fornicator if you did not think of taking your wife to America. Because at that stage in my Christian life, at that stage in my marriage, if I went to America and saw American fine girl, hmm, let's leave the matter. Some of you here that are so selfish as husband or as wife, you don't know what you're doing to yourself. God told me that was what saved you. And you know the danger of that. I mean, God is merciful. You can always rebuild foundations. But once you miss it, it's more difficult. That was what saved me. If I went to America like that, ah, I may have still been a pastor, but I might be those pastors that every time you're saying, I stand with Pastor Iken, I stand with Pastor Iken. <laughs> but now you don't need, have you ever said you stand with me? Because I'm standing with God. It's when somebody is not standing with God that people are standing with him. I stand with him. <laughs> But that mercy, the Lord said, it's because you were not selfish. I could have made that journey. The hotel we stayed in was a five-star hotel. At Las Vegas, the first place I entered in America, for those who know US, was like, Las Vegas is the biggest, highest enjoyment. In fact, it's called Sin City. Imagine a young 27-year, 28-year-old boy that had been longing to go to America, landing in Sin City with plenty of money all up by himself. But God had mercy. I took her. So even if my eye wanted to move, she was there. Love is not selfish. When you begin to save money for yourself, she money, save this for yourself, do this for yourself, you're setting up traps. Open up and grace will abound in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Okay, so what is the big deal about love? Love is the greatest commandment. Matthew 22, 36 to 40. We know what it says. It makes it clear. It says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 38. It says, this is the first and great commandment. Okay, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If it is the first and the great commandment, it means if we don't get it right, every other thing is a waste. And Paul made us understand that very clear. First Corinthians 13, he said, if I could speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have no love. He says, I'm just making noise. You know, the only unfortunate thing in our time is that noise trends. Do I have people in this generation here? Noise does what? Noise trends. If you want to prove it, get on either, what was it called? YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, you know, whatever name. And just make some sensible statement for one minute, even if you sponsor it. But let somebody, you know, I think the one that is raining now is that crazy people, you know, just do unfortunate things and then expose it to the internet. And what does it do? It trends. Why? Because the world is in darkness. So I want to beg you, if you're here, don't be crazy about trending. The devil is the prince of the power of the air. The majority are lost. So if you're popular amongst the majority, check your popularity. Did somebody hear me? Oh, yes. Okay. So love is so fundamental. And it's not just from the, you say, what is the, great, the greatest commandment of the law? Now, Jesus also in the New Testament repeated or retreated, John 13, 35, and 35. It says, a new commandment I give to you. What's he still talking about? He's still talking about love. So it's something that you and I have to embrace. And then in 1 John 4, 16, the Bible puts it this way. It says, he that does not love does not know God. It says, for God is love. And if you look at verse 8, 
Thank you. He says, he who does not love does not what? For God is. So it's something that is a big deal. Okay? And I know that we can't do it enough. So I want you to be sensitive to the spirit as we're going on. So that whatever he wants you to do going forward, you know, you will find help as we push on. Okay? And, you know, in 1 Corinthians 13, the last verse 13, he makes us understand. He says, this tree, now abided faith, hope, and love. He says, but the greatest of them, what? Is love. Okay, hallelujah. Now, the words sound so nice. That's why the comedian or the musician will collect all your money, you know, perform for 15 minutes. When you finish, I love you. <laughs> and you're happy. Say, hey, see, see what? He, he collected your money. They're just giving you a receipt. You know, what does he love you with? If he loved you, he should have opened the door. You come in for free. You pay to come in. They counted the money. They gave him money. When he finished, he says, I, I love you. And then you say, hi, did you hear? He said, he loves us. Then you're smiling. Because you see, the word has just some of this magical thing. And it's the same thing also when we go to the Lord. You lift up your hands and you say, how I love you, Lord. And I lift. You know, you, you do all of that. And when you put your hands down, you feel good. Isn't it? You feel good. Because what have you done? You have loved the Lord. Just, can, can I say love? Oh, you're not saying it like a love. I say love. Uh-huh. It feels good. But then Jesus said, if you love me, don't feel. Do. Praise the Lord. Because that word can be so confusing. It can lead you astray. Okay? So we begin to see in this text how much emphasis Jesus tried to put so that we don't miss what it's about. He said in verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Okay? Look at 21 also. 21, he says, he who has, let's read it together so it's not just me. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is what? He who loves me. Hold on. So, let's read the reverse now. He who has my commandments, now note something there. Praise God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Notice he didn't say, he who just keeps me. He said, he who has my commandment and what? Are there lawyers in the house? What does and mean? 36 states and FCT. So, Jesus is saying, you can have my commandment and not keep it. That's where I'm going. He who has my commandments and... So, there is a having which... You see, listen, what I'm teaching today... I'm praying, I'm crying to God for it. Because I have, I mean, I'm speaking to you now. You see the way I'm sounding now, like I know it, right? But it's different from keeping it. So he's saying, he who has my commandments and keeps it. That's why Jesus would tell us a parable. That the wise man is the one who hears my saying and what does it. I say he's likened to a man who built his house, what? On the rock. Now, that is not the beautiful part or the fearful part about that passage. The fearful part is that the one who heard his word and did not do it, built a house too. Do you get that? It means the moment you hear God's word, there is a sense of security that you have. That you have a house talks about security. House talks about protection, safety. So, once you come to church, if you're a churchgoer, ah, you feel better. When you're driving home, you see people playing football, you say, look at the hidden. You know, you see someone coming from home, say, look at them. They don't know Jesus. You see someone, you know, that is a Shango worshiper. I say, ah, you know, these people. You see those who are doing uh, whatever, you know, money rich. You say, occult, you know. You, you call them names. Why? Because you have built a house. But Jesus said that that house that anybody built is going to be tested not on the basis of a feeling of a house. He said the wind will come. He said the rain will come, the storm will come, and check that house. And the house that will stay is what? The house of the man who heard it, and what? And did it. May God give us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, he says, he who has my commandments and keeps it, keeps them. He says, it is he who loves me. Praise the Lord. It is he who loves me. Now, it gets more interesting. Part B says, and he who loves me will be what? I can't hear you. Help me now. And he who loves me what? Hold on. So didn't the father love us before? 
I'm reading Bible, right? He who loves me will be loved by my father. It doesn't stop there. It says, and another and again. Now, an and is so interesting to me. And what will happen? I, so, Jesus didn't love me before. And I will love him. And what? And manifest myself. So, all this, the father loving me, Jesus loving me, and Jesus manifesting himself to me is a function of me loving him. Are you getting that? That's in the Bible. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are, but he is. Okay. It doesn't stop there. 23. See the emphasis. Let's read it now. It said, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will do what? And what will happen? We can close church now, no? If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him. Then he goes on, I like the other part. He says, and we will come to him and make our home with him. These are conditions. These are promises based on fulfillment of conditions. That's why sometimes when I say, let's be careful when we say unconditional love. Because this is Jesus speaking. This is not even the epistle. So we can't say the interpretation. These words are in red if you have it in your Bible. 24, he pushes his father. I say, he who does not love me does not keep my words. So the reason I don't keep his words is because I don't love him. But I love him. I want to love him. Now, don't be too scared. We're going somewhere. Amen? Because I want us to see the provision that is also here. Because that's what I told you. I said, I, I need help. And I believe someone here needs help. Do I have anybody here who needs help? If this is what it is, and this is Jesus speaking, the way, the truth, and the life, I need help. And this was what I began to see in the scripture. The first thing is that after he said, verse 15, let's go back to 15. After he said in verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. The next statement he said is what? And I will pray the Father, and he will give you what? Another helper. Another helper that he may abide with you. So what I see there first and foremost is that when I want to love God, God will help me to do what? Somebody say thank you, Jesus. When I want to love him, God will help me to love him. That's enough for me. And the Bible makes us understand that it is he who walks in me, both to will and what? To do of his good pleasure. So I'm not struggling with this on my own. And this helper, this is what he says about this helper. He said, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because he neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. He said, for he dwells with you and will be you. So this helper that God is going to give to me is going to be with me and then will be in me. Now, with, with such help, I think you and I can love God. Praise the Lord. I think it's doable. Praise the Lord. How many think, you know, the same with me? I think it's doable. I, I, I surely believe it's doable. Because they said, if you love me, keep my... And I will pray the Father and he will give you another help. When Jesus was on the earth, how was life for the disciples? They had issues. But he helped them. Sometimes they will struggle amongst themselves. Who is the greatest? He will help them. This happens, he will help them. This happens, he will help them. He will rebuke them. He will correct them. Now, it's the same thing now. The Holy Spirit has been given to us to help us. So, you think sometimes the Holy Spirit will rebuke you. You want to do something the Holy Spirit will do. You're sleeping. The Holy Spirit will say, wake up. It's time for church. He said, no, I like to come after 11. He said, but after 11, the sermon has started. He says, Wednesday, go for midweek. He said, don't answer that person back. You know, I told you people about that at one way. Do you know yesterday somebody did it to me again? I said, this is an exam now. Let me pass it. Lord, help me. I reversed again. And the man was waving to me. The one I did, I should have smiled and waved back to him, but I didn't wave. I had nothing. <laughs> you know? I was flashing, you know, beeping the horn. I'm already on this road. He still got up. I don't know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay? So there is help. 
Then the next thing that we, we see there, it says 21. When it says, will be loved by my father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. How many of us know that there are some things you can do, but when certain persons are with you, you can do them? Do I have a witness? Now, Jesus is saying here in 21, he says, when you keep my, when you make this effort, when you come on this, he says, I will make myself manifest to you. What means is that my presence will be with you so that in those moments of trials or temptations or challenges, you can sense his presence. And without his presence being with you, what happens is that you receive the ability you receive the grace to be able to do what you should have done. So you're not just struggling. And then 23 says, we will make our home with you. Now, I don't know which family here, I don't know which couple here, that if mommy Chia and I come in to stay with you for three days, you will fight in those three days. Nobody will do that. And that's pastor and mommy Chia, isn't it? That's everybody will be smiling. Bless you. Waiting for us to go. <laughs> now Jesus is saying I and the father can come and live with you and that's where we want to get to praise the Lord where the father and the son make their home with you how many want that to happen do you know the beauty that is going to create do you know how beautiful it will be it means every word you know Jesus speaking to us says we're going to give account of every idle word we speak you and I know that even running stomach, you can control it in some people's presence. I know it has never happened to you, so don't worry. I'm talking about... There are places where you'll be. Those days I used to wonder, these soldiers, Gigi, these soldiers that stand on parade, don't they have nature score? You don't move. You can control anything under certain presence. Now, God is saying, I will come and make my home with you. Do you know how powerful that is? And the truth is that you're not a Christian unless they make home with you. That's essentially what it means to be born again. The Holy Spirit comes. He says the love of God has been shed abroad by the Holy Spirit. On our hearts, by God on our... The Holy Spirit comes and lives with you. Now, if I'm carrying the Holy Spirit, stars and mass, there are certain things that I will find, you know, difficult to do. And there are certain things I will be my delight to do. That's what we want to get to. That is genuine Christianity. Now, does it mean that I become perfect all at once? No. But I will become perfected as the day what goes by. Because when I now do something that I shouldn't do, there will be a grief inside of me. There will be a discomfort. I will be feeling bad that, oh, I should have said this this way. Or I shouldn't have gone this way, but I, got, I went that way. So what happens now? Prayer comes in now. When I go to the Lord in prayer, we are going to discuss that. And the Lord will say to me, okay, what? You missed it. You missed it there. You missed it there. And then I'll receive grace so that the next day, if the same challenge comes, I don't fall into it. That's what Christianity is about. But you see, if you don't take it from the angle where you're loving God, where this is what I want. I want to love the Lord and I want to keep his commandments. Because your desire determines the direction of your life. That's why when you come here, please, I want you prosperous. I want you to be billionaires. I want you to be, you know, all of that. But when I say the kingdom is not about prosperity, I know what I'm saying. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. Our Lord Jesus, who loves you and me more than anybody can love you, said, after all these things, who seeks it? He said, the Gentiles say, he said, but you, what should you do? Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what shall happen? All these other things. When you come to Christ, when you come to church, and you're seeking these other things, you're hidden. Unfortunately, anything, no matter how good it is, you're hidden. Why? Because you see, one of the statements that we may not have time to look at that in verse 18, he says, I will not leave you orphans. The born again Christian is no longer an orphan. Now, I understand this is, um, this is school fees season, right? How many parents say I have to pay school fees? Just raise your hand. You have school fees before you. Now, let me tell you what God said. That's on the side. It wasn't part of this. He said to ask you, do your children pay the fees themselves? They don't pay the fees, right? Are they worried about the fees now? <laughs> so they go to school and you pay the fees. Okay? Now, he said to tell you or to tell us 
all school fish bear. He says, I, God, am your father. Do you get that? He says, I, God, am what? However, he said something. Let me not forget. He said, because, he said, those children of yours, they don't pay fees. But they, they won't also wake up and tell you, I don't want to go to the school in, in my time. I want to go to the one in Guagua. Did any of our children tell us the school they are going to? You decide the school they go to. He said, let me call the shots. They don't guide you. You guide them. He said, let me guide you. Praise the Lord. He said what? Let me guide you. You're not an orphan. Say to yourself, I'm not an orphan. I have a father. I have a God who takes, who looks to me. Who takes care of me. But if I refuse to be guided by him, that's why the Bible says, as many as are led of the spirit. He said, these are what? The sons of God. He said, how do I know these are my children? I said, I guide them. I determine where, where they live. I determine where they sleep. You know, I said, okay, this is the school you're going to. They say, yes, ma. Yes, daddy. I said, we're going home now. They say, yes, daddy. Isn't that what they do? He said, follow me like that. Trust me like that and you'll see my provision. Amen. So God is going to provide the fish for us. Okay, so quickly, let, let me touch on this before, you know. It says, so God has made provision, brothers and sisters, that this challenge, we, we can make it, we can keep his commandments. It's not legalism, it's lovilism. Do you understand? Let nobody deceive you that keeping, how else now can two work together unless they be agreed? I give you direction to my house and you say that's legalism, I'll come to your house anyhow I want. You end up in Manfe. Where is man favored? <laughs> you know, that's where you end up. No, no, it's not law. It's none of those things. It's direction. It's direction to lead you to me. That's essentially what Jesus was saying. So when he says, and I and my father will come and make our home, it's the direction. If you do it, you'll discover me. If you follow the path, you will find me. If you pursue it, you will discover that your provision is here. I kept treasures for you. I buried provisions for you. I kept blessing. I kept heal. I kept different things for you. And I said, this is the path you will follow. And you tell me it's law. I don't want law. I want liberty. How is that going to happen? Have you thought about that? How is that going to happen? It won't work, right? Praise the Lord. So, the Christian, if you don't have any prayer point, if you're here and your prayer life is not the way it should be, learn to pray about this. Go to the Lord every day of your life. And ask him, Lord, you know I want to love you. Please help me to obey you in every area. And you can become specific. Maybe your office is a way that there are challenges, there are difficulties, they make you shout, they make you, you know, they provoke you to be unchristian. You pray that today as I go to work in this office, Lord, help me to do those things that will be pleasing in your sight. You're married, you know, you say, Lord, help me to love my wife or love my husband. You're a child, you say, Lord, help me to honor my father and mother. It's difficult, my mother is provoking me or my father is this. That is prayer. And do you know what? Such prayers are giving express answers. Why? Because you're seeking the kingdom first. We said here a few days ago that if you're an unmarried person in the father's church and you're in fornication, don't pray for marriage. How can you? Who are you praying to? You're saying waka to God in essence. And then you're asking him to bless you. What effrontery is that? You should be praying for holiness. What's the distinguishing feature of a bride? What's she wearing now? White is purity. You can't do that. You can't be saying, oh God, bless Nigeria. But iniquity surrounds you and your office. Everywhere they are part, you know, packing all kinds of things. No, don't pray for Nigeria. Do you understand? You're tribalistic, you're all, all of that. You, you can't. You can't be a part of it. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay, so we move from there quickly. So, how do I love? We're looking at how do I love my neighbor. We've looked at how do we love God. And we've seen, you know, how do I love my neighbor quickly. The commandment that we read, the first says, love the Lord thy God. You know, and then it says concerning neighbor. How should we love our neighbor? As our, praise God. The challenge with that now is that some people don't even love themselves. Am I right? So, if you say, love me like you love yourself, depending on who you're talking to. I saw a lady, some of us may have seen it. I saw a lady who had, um, they said she had over uh, 800 or so tattoos on her body. And she was complaining that nobody will employ her. You know? And I said, brand ambassador for the tattoo shop. 
Which other employment are you looking for? Eh? You want to go and work in a bank or hospital? Someone comes out from coma, sees you, and then the person will die, the proper die. <laughs> you know? Where else do you want to walk? 800 and so tattoos. You know, you see her face everywhere. You say, can't walk for the tattoo shop. As simple as that. So, love your neighbor as yourself, depending on who it is we're talking about, okay? But quickly, Romans 13, 10. Part B of the, he said, love does no harm to his neighbor. Can I hear you say that? Love does no harm what? Child of God, this is the Christian. One of the things the Christian must never do. You know, our Lord Jesus Christ teaching us says, I send you out as sheep amongst what? Wolves. The sheep cannot harm anybody. So when you're in an environment where people are praying, let my who fall and die. They're not walking in love. Are you with me? And I've told you here that God, even most times, doesn't answer that prayer because there was somebody all of us wanted to die. The person is still youthful now. Drinking milk with toothpick in his mouth. I don't think any greater number had prayed that prayer for one person like they did. God doesn't answer such prayers. He does not delight in the death of the wicked. He wants them to repent. Okay? So love does what? No harm to a neighbor. Brothers and sisters, will your neighbor provoke you? But because you're a child of God, it grants you no right. Belba, Queensley, can I tell you one thing you seek in your mind? No matter how unhappy you are with the other party, never seek their harm. Do you understand? Married people here, it never works. Because you see, the principle of sowing and reaping is never suspended, whether you're happy or sad. If you're happy and you sow something, what do you do? Okay, so if I'm happy and I sow something, will I reap? Now, when I'm sad, I cannot sow something when I'm sad. And tell God, listen, God, when I did that to my wife, I was not happy. They can't suspend that law because I'm not happy. You see, every commandment of God is for your safety. Do you have time for some Bible illustration and Bible teaching? Now, do you know Jesus said to the disciples, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were this world, then I would have asked for. When they came to arrest Jesus, Peter drew the knife and cut off the ear of the high priest servant. That was the implies that he was the senior officer coming. Of all the disciples... None of them did they almost want to lynch. It was the mercy of God. Because Peter sowed violence. Are you with me now? When he now got in there, John was inside that place where he was. Do you know John was there? Nobody was going to John and say, you're one of them. You're one of them. It was what Peter sowed. It got so serious that Peter said, gee what? What did he say his name is? Gee, I've never seen him. In fact, I'm just coming from a trip. G- That's what Peter did. Why? Because he sowed violence. Listen to me. Love does no harm. People will provoke you. All kinds of things will happen. Do no harm as a child of God. The Bible says, vengeance is mine and I what? I will repay. Love does no harm. It never works for the Christian. The unbeliever can do harm, continue to do harm. That's their zone. But for you, it doesn't work. The temptation will be, this is what they did to me. Let me do this to hurt them. No, it's not allowed. Praise the Lord. Because you see, when you do harm, you step out of God. For God is love. Do you understand? So someone shouts at you, if possible, don't shout back. But the worst one is where you sit down and, you know, premeditated harm. So he did this to hurt me. Let me do that to, that's not for Christians. May God help us in Jesus' name. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5, quickly now. We'll see some of the other things there. It says, love suffers long. Love is kind. How do I express love to my neighbor? Kindness. Somebody said, kindness is a language that everybody can understand. Part of the challenge we have in our world today, especially in our nation, is that even amongst Christians, there is no kindness. 
And I think this started a long time ago. How many of us were not SUs in secondary school? Okay, so the rest of you were SUs in secondary school. How many of us were not SUs in secondary school? Okay, now, did you know SUs? How did they treat you? They were mean. You see? And it delayed the time many of us got born again. Because, you see, the devil is wicked. And, you see, imagine now we are SUs, oh, praise God. But to think then that you just said, what kind of people are these? Now, help me. Those days, you go to bath, you didn't fetch your own water. So you go with an empty bucket. You're passing about 10 people. Say, give me one soap dish. Give me one soap dish. So you're collecting one soap dish. SU will never give you one soap dish. Because he will say, why didn't you go and fetch your own? Okay, you jump and pass. Then you, he has sown hate in you. What does he get in response? No matter the gospel he preaches, you cannot receive it. Love is kind. Praise the Lord. Love speaks the language of kindness. Everywhere and anywhere. It doesn't matter who. As much as it's within your power, be kind. And the Bible puts it this way. It says some have even entertained strangers unknowingly. You don't know who you're being kind to. Some people have become something and gone back to fetch somebody who was kind to them. Love is kind. It says love does not envy. I think it was last Sunday that we were saying nobody repents of envy. What is a sin? Praise the Lord. It's a big problem. Because you see, the root of envy is an imagination that there is scarcity with God. Did you get me? The root of envy is that there is imagination that what should have been yours, somebody took it and is no longer available. I'm sure that nobody here is saying, why not me that is getting married? Because you don't want to get married to Queensley. She's not your wife. You don't want to get married to Belba. He's not your husband. When you envy, you're thinking that DHL or GIG, is GIG that is in Nigeria. GIG, send the package, your package to another location. When you know that God is bringing your own, you can never be envious. When you know that your own is coming, it is a mind of scarcity. So you look at somebody and you think, oh, look, look at how he's working. Look at her, look at this and look at that. Once you begin to think like that, you're thinking like an orphan. Because in a proper family house, when you see your younger brother or older brother coming out with a blessing, what do you do immediately? You run to the father. You run to the father. Because you know that from the source that they gave it to him, yours is there. Why? Because the father doesn't have only one child. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. That's very close to envy. You see, that's one sickness with Nigeria. Big manism. It's poverty that makes people do big manism. You parade yourself. Why are you parading yourself? What do you have that you did not receive? Praise the Lord. Who are you? Somebody was telling us recently that a, a soldier was saying, do you know who this man is? He's the former what? Former COS. Can you imagine? Former. Somebody is boasting with former. See how crazy the world is. I, I'm the former this. You, that should even make you ashamed that what you're boasting about is not permanent. <laughs> Love doesn't parade itself. Love doesn't boast. Love is not prideful. Love is humble because you know what you have, you receive from God. And if for any reason I appear more blessed than you, do you know what it simply says? I'm more indebted to God than you. Isn't it? If I appear more blessed than you and God is the one who blessed me, then what it should make me is that I should feel a higher sense of what? Responsibility to you. Why? Because God has given me more. So I carry it with more humility and dignity. And I want to serve with it, okay? He said, love does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own with the other. Love is not provoked. Love thinks no evil. So, how do I love my neighbor? Basically, that's what it is. It's not a feeling. That's what we are seeing from this scripture. It's not a feeling. And these things, you can translate it to the, any relationship that you have. At work, at home, you're working for somebody. He doesn't pay you enough. Can you imagine all the work I do and they just pay me peanuts? Resign. Do you understand? If you can't go and negotiate for them to increase your price, don't be wicked to your employer. You are sowing a seed. I've told you the story here many years ago when we were in the former church. We were using um, an uncompleted building for the church. And, you know, the, the man was actually even detained with a DIA and the rest of them. That uh, uh, bachelor time. And when they released this man, do you know the first thing he did? He gave us quick notice. And we were praying constantly. Every vigil, we were praying for God, you know, to spare him. He gave us quick notice. Hi, serious temptation. 
Next thing we came one day, they had disconnected the pastors to the building. Now we're saying, Let, let's pray fire. Let's pray fire. God had mercy on me. You know what we pray this day? We say, God, please make us landlords too. Isn't that a better solution? You'll be tenant, they put fire on him. You go to another place, you become tenant. Then they drive you away, you put fire. You're just putting fire on people everywhere. And you remain a tenant. So say, God, see, see what, what happened. And you know what? I don't think it was up to a year from there. We had a property, we had a building. Because God answers prayers. When you walk in love, let's rise on our feet. I have here also, but I don't think I have the time. The benefits of love. I can't take it all, but I'll just give you the summary. You know, we started by saying it is what it is. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? And God is love, okay? And then God says also, he upholds all things, what? By the word of his power. And the Bible also makes us understand that in him we live and move and have our being. Now, if a substance refuses to be formed into its abiding place, where will it be? If I refuse love, where will I be? Let me tell you. I don't have time to break it down. The number one reason people will miss heaven is because they refuse to love. Can I repeat that? It's not so much love will make you a better person. But the number one reason people will go to hell is that they refuse the atmosphere of love. Heaven is an atmosphere of love. God is love. Praise the Lord. And he has said on this earth, everybody will have the choice to choose whether to remain. That's why if you read that passage, that text, when you go home, read it. He keeps saying, we'll come to him, we'll manifest to him, we'll make ourselves on Why? Because this is who I am. But if you refuse, the door is not shut. The door is not shut. Let's bow our heads as we go to the Lord in prayer. I want to beg everyone here. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The reason people perish is that they don't receive the love of God. It's not that you're a thief. No. One of the first people that we know went to heaven was a thief. Jesus said to the thief, today you shall be with me in paradise. But when people refuse to respond to God's love approach. To God's wooing. He has no choice but to leave you to go the way you want to go. This morning, somebody came to church and Jesus has been wooing you. You have been hearing the gospel under different environments. And for you, you've had all kinds of... Somebody here said, I don't want to be a pretender. I know I'm a bad person. I'm telling you now, we saw here that God will give you help. He says, if you make that choice, he will give you help. So that is out of it. It's a question of love. And you see, love is such a strong word and strong decision that you can choose to love whatever and it won't make sense. Why would somebody have an offer from the Son of God to take your sins upon his own body and die for you? And you still say, now I will carry my sins. You know, some people say, God is not wicked to send anybody to hell. You're very right. God will never send anybody to hell. But people buy the ticket, pay for it. And book the seat and go to hell. Because he says. He made him who knew no sin. To become sin. For your sake. That you might become the righteousness of God. What does it mean? It means if I accept his love. Jesus takes my sin on him. And imputes upon me his righteousness. If I refuse that. Waiting God go do. So I want us to close our eyes. I want us to bow our heads. Today is a beautiful day. We have a wedding before us. But there is a more superior wedding. The Bible says, Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is somebody here. You came in, maybe this is not even your first time. But maybe this is your first time. And Jesus is saying, I love you. I went to the cross to die for you. Will you receive my love? I come to save you. If you say yes to me, I will take you by the hand and we will journey this journey together. Is there anybody here? You're here? I want to pray with you. You can raise that hand. I I, I receive your love. I offer my life to you. I accept your forgiveness. Yes, I'm a sinner. But I receive your gift of forgiveness. I accept your love. 
accept your sacrifice I'm the one you died for I want today to be my day of salvation okay the rest of us will we'll just take one prayer and the prayer we're going to pray is simple Psalm 23 verse 1 says the Lord is my shepherd you see one of the beautiful things are the beauties of love is when you love somebody you feel safe with them the reason there is so much agitation in our hearts is that the love of God has not been perfected that's why the Bible says perfect love what does it do? it casts out fear that's what the psalmist was telling us he said the Lord is my shepherd I shall know there are so many things you can think about but there is someone who loves you and is almighty he's omnipotent he's omniscient he's omnipresent are you sick in the body your lover will heal you are you in need of one miracle or the other he loves you the shepherd has nothing to take care of himself sorry the sheep only the shepherd all he does is that he follows the shepherd this morning he said let them trust in my love so i want you to go to the lord and tell him you are my shepherd you are the one i love you will take care of me i offer my life to you i offer my thoughts to you i lay my head at your feet jesus you are my lord i have none else who is there in heaven that i look to on earth who is there that i put my trust in you are the lover of my soul i want you to speak to him are there words that the enemy has been speaking to you report the enemy to your lover like a child who go to the mother and say this is what uh, so so person said to me tell jesus this is who i am i come to you my lover i come to you my husband i come to you my maker i come to you my god i come to you my strength i come to you my wisdom i come to you my righteousness yes you are my shepherd and Belba and Queensley so, bring this union to the Lord say take us by the hand be the third person in this union lead us, keep us strong, keep us loving and there's anybody here believing God for such a miracle, let the Lord know lead me, guide me Sh show me the way don't let me decide for you, decide for me, for you are my God Father we thank you I will trust in you, part of that psalm says though I walk through the valleys of it says i'll fear no evil for thou art with me it says you will lead me he will show me the path begin to thank him you've been listening to a message by pastor ike Naokeke of the father's church we are sure you've been blessed we invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.